Welcome everyone to the Pro Football Doc Week 18 podcast. Doc, first ever Week 18 podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm your co-host Thomas Casali with Pro Football Doc David Chow. Uh, Doc, we're, we got one week left in the regular season. Uh, we're going to get to all the injuries coming up. But first, it's the story of the year, the day, whatever you want to call it. I've been watching football 40 years. I've never seen anything like it before. Antonio Brown. Um, apparently either gets cut or quits on the sideline, walks out uh, with no shirt on, waves goodbye to the Jets fans during the game. Now, Doc, we're not going to speculate. You know, we, listen, we don't know what kind of what's going through Antonio's head or some of the things that may or may not have happened. But you want to take a look at this from like a football perspective and how these decisions are made. So, give us your thoughts on the Antonio Brown situation. Yeah, you know, certainly. <sighs> It's too simplistic to say, oh, he's got CTE for sure. And look, that's a pathology diagnosis in any case. And uh, we don't ever want to make light of CTE. But I really think this deserves some analysis. Look, uh, credit Mike Silver for tweeting at me and saying, look, uh, if there's controversy on his ankle, how did his ankle look as he, quote, pranced off the, the field? And I think this is all worth the discussion because it's so unprecedented. And I kind of want to share with everyone how I think it's unprecedented. And boy, potentially, look, I'm not defending Antonio Brown. I don't know what he's been going through, what's happening. On the surface value, you'd say Antonio Brown has got some issues, right? Where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's been this lawsuit, this accusation, the fake COVID cards, the, the burning his feet, the Oakland Raiders, the, the this, the that, just a lot of unusual behavior, no question about it. And Thomas, you and I talked about it last week and the week before that if not for Chris Godwin's injury season ending and Mike Evans' hamstring, if not for the need for Antonio Brown, given that Bruce Arians has said, previously uh, he's on a zero tolerance zero strike policy yet they forgave him for the covid vaccine issue and let him back that might have been out of necessity maybe it was tom asking who knows but i think there's more to this story than perhaps antonio brown is just off his rocker now there's a component maybe of that and so let's kind of go through this uh, look it takes two to tango Right, and certainly the histrionics were unprecedented. But what happened isn't necessarily, we talked about it, Thomas, you reminded me of Vontae Davis quitting at halftime yeah. in Buffalo. Like, packed up his stuff at halftime he and just left. left, yeah. Yeah, and there wasn't the dramatic walk off without the shirt throwing things into the stands, but you can argue it was just as dramatic, it just wasn't seen on TV film, and I think we all remember Mike Singletary and Vernon Davis, where he kicked him off the sideline, right? Uh, can't win with him, can't have him. Yeah, the, the 10 minutes to go in the game, uh, he, he had just gotten a personal foul penalty, and he came off, and uh, I was reading about it. Davis said he was trying to avoid Singletary, but Singletary caught him, yelled at him, kicked him. I mean, and I remember, Doc, when that happened, at that point, that was shocking. 
I mean, you know what I mean? A coach throwing a player off the field and then gave the famous can't win with him, uh, you know, speech. But as shocking as that was, in 40 years, I've never seen anything like the Antonio Brown uh, walking off with no shirt and getting an Uber no, or a car No, and, no question. But but the, the story this morning, uh, you know, the spin or the story, I, I don't know, that's being reported is that Antonio Brown was asked to go back into the game. And Antonio Brown said he couldn't or his ankle was bothering him or what have you. And then he was, quote, kicked off the sidelines, kicked off the team, cut on the spot. And then he disrobed and, and dramatically walked off the field. And, and I would say right now, I think the whole world is saying, Antonio Brown, you're, you're off your rocker and you're the bad guy. But the question that I want to discuss from a football perspective only, is was he the guy caught throwing the second punch? What you know? What happened to lead up to it? Right, the second guy always gets penalized. Right? It's like, what are you doing hitting that guy, and you're kicked out of the game and the whole deal? But but what happened leading up to that? What was said? What was done on the field or otherwise on the sideline? So, since we're medically based, let's go look at this. First of all. We know Antonio Brown had a significant ankle injury, and we at this site and, and at, at Sports Injury Central and on the podcast have been saying he's a long ways away from playing. He's a long ways away from playing, right, from that uh, ankle injury uh, in practice. And apparently this week he had another re-injury to the ankle and was iffy. And I have to say, if you look at game film, and we'll show you some now, there definitely is a case to say that he wasn't 100%. Okay, Was he good enough to play? Well, he suited up. And we've always talked about return to play is the player has to sign off, the medical staff has to sign off, and the team, the head coach, GM, whoever had needs to sign off, all three. Antonio Brown clearly suited up for the game, so he thought he could go or at least do something to help the team. But let's look at his receptions in the first half and some of his plays here. So that one wasn't even fair. I mean, that was not even uh, anything catchable. A short screen. There was a lot of wide receiver screens and short stuff. Here's his one completion downfield. And you can tell he favors the left ankle. He almost falls down when he tries to cut there. And uh, you see it again here. This is his one downstream. He plants with the right side that's healthy. The left side he favors. Then another assortment of short wide receiver screens. They clearly were trying to get him the ball. They needed him, but there, it wasn't the typical Antonio route stuff, Brown stuff. You can see there once again he's favoring his left ankle as he goes around. And now here's the prance off and what have you. But look closely at his left ankle. There's a little bit of a hitch on that side. Yeah, he runs seven times faster than I do, but that's not a normal left ankle gait there. I'm not suggesting that I'm defending that everything Antonio Brown did was correct. But looking at his plays and looking at how he went off, he's not 100% on that ankle. That's all I can say. Now, look, uh, before anyone says if he can run like that, he should be able to play. Look, there should not be controversy between a player and a head coach during a game like that. But if you look at the film of Cam Akers to the naked eye, and we could show it here too, he looks great. But if you look really closely, as we show it here, I look at that and he's favoring his right Achilles. 
especially on that one plant as he changes directions right there that's not a solid step but he looks great but the rams don't think he's ready to play yet right so return to play and health is it's not binary yes or no it's a matter of degree so i think it's fair to antonio brown to say that he was not 100 percent on his left ankle based on how he was being utilized and based on how he even ran off did he look athletic enough to be on the field well he was on the field so the truth is somewhere in the middle so what happened look i've been on the sidelines for almost two decades i almost never basically have never had a discussion with the head coach during a game because the head coach has got headsets on to the offense to the defense to other people everybody stays in their lane we had communication where we made a medical decision the head athletic trainer's job was to tell an assistant coach what that player's status was that assistant coach would tell the head coach, the position coach, the OC, the DC, the special teams coach, what that player's status was. Because there's so many different things going on on the sideline, I don't think we ever huddled up at a timeout and said, you sure so-and-so can't return to the game? I mean, it was we said, they're in, they're out, or this is what they can do, This and the team would go for it. It would go along with it. You don't have time. It's chaos on the sideline. I don't know what happened on the Buck sideline. I don't know if there was miscommunication or where the medical staff said it's he's able to return, but somehow it doesn't get communicated that Antonio Brown felt like he wasn't ready to go or felt like he couldn't do it anymore. I don't know. But what I also find unusual, as unusual as it is that we have that unbelievable walk-off take off the jersey throwing stuff and and jumping jacks and prancing off and and making a spectacle of it i've also never heard of a player getting fired on the sidelines even vernon davis was kicked off the sidelines by mike singletary he wasn't cut by mike singletary on the sidelines and if it's true that antonio brown was cut on the sideline that's as quietly dramatic as the is the prance off right i mean i don't know that anyone's ever been cut on the sideline emotions get the better part of you people get hot we've seen a couple fights among teammates in the last week or two i get all of that but there's more to be understood here and it's easy to say antonio brown's in the wrong just look at the history right it's easy but something must have happened in the miscommunication on the sideline. I mean, either yeah, the, and the, the coach, right, was told he's fine and he refuses to come back in the game and the coach is hot about it and says, you're out of here. And Antonio Brown doesn't back down and reacts. I don't know. But uh, in terms of be, like the thing you mentioned that I thought, too, is Bruce Arians, first thing he said when he when he got up to the podium was he's off the team. Um when, doesn't the general manager have to be involved with the, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like you said, Doc. It's it's hard to fire an NFL player mid game because head coaches don't always have just the final say on that stuff. No, no question. You know, maybe Bruce Aarons has that control, or he was confident enough. But he obviously was hot too, right? He let mm-hmm. off with that, 
right? Yeah. And uh, my question, and it's just a question, maybe Antonio Brown did some things on the sideline that warranted his being cut, and Bruce Arians hasn't aired the dirty laundry and he's 100% right. Or maybe there was some miscommunication about Antonio Brown saying, uh, uh, screw that, I'm not playing anymore. And Bruce Aaron says, you're out of here. But what Antonio Brown meant was, my ankle isn't right. Uh, look, could he have gone back in? Probably. Was he 100%? No. That's still, where's the truth on that? But the miscommunication to have it happen on the sideline so dramatically. Now, is Antonio Brown a little bit fueling the fire or a lot in terms of the drama of, well, if I'm cut or you're kicking me off, I'm walking off and doing this as opposed to just, yeah, no question. He was, quote, caught throwing the second punch and he's the bad guy, right? Or, you know, he didn't throw a punch, but you get what I'm saying. He's the yeah. retaliator, escalator. Uh, but if he would have stayed quiet and, you know, either walked off quietly or stayed off or been escorted off, I think people would be saying, Bruce Arians, how do you cut him on the sideline? Yeah. Right? Um, so th I think there's more to this story, and I get Antonio Brown isn't going to get the benefit of the doubt from anybody. But all I'm saying is it takes two to tango. There's more to this story. You haven't heard of it before. Neither have I on a sideline to have that kind of fireworks. But what it tells me, the truth is usually somewhere in the middle. I think Bruce Arians probably was fed up with Antonio Brown. You know, he probably was up to here. It probably is true that he only let him back because they needed him. And then, okay, we need you. We're getting beat by the Jets. I want you to go back in. And, and the word gets back to him, I'm not going back in. And Arian says, well, then that's it. We're done with you because I've already given you all these second and third chances. And then Antonio Brown adds to the whole thing. Maybe that's where the truth is. Uh, I think he was on thin ice to begin with. And no one's going to... I feel bad for Antonio Brown because of everything that's happened. But I hope it's not just because he's just mentally off his rocker or there's anything else. Uh, clearly there's issues and, and he's a proud man and it escalates and here come the tweets and the Instagram and the rap videos. But medically, his ankle was not 100%. Who's in the right, who's in the wrong? And, you know, arguably he walked away from some bonus money up to a million dollars, right? Um, so, and, but I will defend him on this. It did not look like his ankle was 100%. Was he good enough to be able to keep playing? That's a different question. But his ankle was not 100%. That part, All right. my video, well, I think. Uh, and I'm sure, Doc, more will come out on this in the next couple of days. Uh, you know, a lot of people fascinated on what's going to happen. But I'm sure you'll start hearing more bits and pieces of the story. And I, I agree with you. I do think that as, uh, somewhere's in there, the ankle is part of this, right? <laughs> Either he didn't want to play or whatever. But we'll, I'm sure we'll find out more. But it was interesting to get your analysis on, uh, on what is certainly one of the top stories of the NFL season. Well, Doc, let's get into some injuries here. Uh, we, we don't have too many this week. A uh, couple of big ones. Uh, make sure to go to sixscore.com. Follow us at ProFootballDoc on Twitter. And make sure to subscribe to all our videos here on YouTube. Doc, the biggest injury happened late. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Burrow, our, one of our, you know, my favorite, one of our favorite guys here. So, Doc, let's go, let's go back to early in the season where 
I actually bought in on the Bengals before I even started working here. You know, I, I, I thought they were going to have a good year. But then I remember when I started working here, you told me something that, I, that made me feel even better about it. You said, Joe Burrow's fine. He's not going to be 100% in the first game. But as the year goes on, he's going to get better and better and better. And that's what we've seen. But at the end of the Chiefs win, he got a little injury there. Uh, tell us what you're seeing with Joe Burrow. Yeah, and, and thank you. And, and look, we, for those who forget, because, you know, memory is fleeting, do we remember when last year when Joe Burrow was first injured and ESPN, the telecast, was saying, you should set him all of 2021 mm -hmm. and get him right for 2022? And at Pro Football Doc, we were on an island. We made a video saying Carson Palmer had the same injury during the playoffs and made it back into the Pro Bowl the next year that even with the kneecap involved with the MCL and the ACL, Joe Burrow can be ready to go week one. He won't be 100%, and his second half will be stronger, and, and thankfully that's come true. So on this injury here, as he's saying, watch his right foot. He gets stepped on his toe, and he tries to get his knee out. That's his right knee that he grabs at. That's not his ACL knee. So first of all, nothing to do with the ACL. He limps off. He twists it. We don't see anything major there. And post-game, we saw the LSU dance in the locker room. Word was he could have gone back into the game if it weren't the end of the game, the kneel downs. I don't think there's anything significant. He did make reference to, during the Chargers game, something happening to me. We went back and looked. We didn't see anything. I mean, we all remember the pinky finger of that Charger game. But don't. I don't think the knee's a big deal. But here's the other thing. The Bengals, and I know you are all over them and you cast your season win totals and, and what have you. Good for you. But they clinched the AFC North. Right. So they don't have a lot to play for. They're not going to get a bye. They don't have a lot to play for week 18. So if there's any issue with Joe Burrow, he's going to get a bye week. And I think for the next meaningful contest, the playoffs. I don't have any worry about Joe Burrow. It was his right knee, it's minor. Uh, my best guess is he's limited practice during the week. He takes a, a, a series or two, or the first half at most, to stay sharp, and then goes on to the wild card round of the playoffs, and they get to host. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals still do have an outside shot of getting the number one seed, but I agree with you that they're gonna it, they'll see how Burrow's knee is there. But, Doc, you know, just to reiterate about the gambling part, like, when I was talking about the Bengals, nobody agreed. Nobody. And not, and the reason is, is because I kept hearing, well, what about Joe Burrow's health? What about Joe Burrow's health? And I remember I had seen something that you put out um, before I started working here mentioning that you thought Joe Burrow was going to be fine. And so... You know, my response was, I don't know, where where are you seeing that he can't play? You know what I mean? But with your point is important because people watch ES, they listen to all the talking heads, right? And they're, they're saying things, and that can affect your decision-making. But I think that's what's so valuable with what we do because we look at it purely from a medical standpoint, right? Where you said Joe Burrow can play, Joe Burrow's going to get better. Well, Joe Burrow is now the third favorite to be the MVP of the league. And like you said, some people thought he wasn't even going to play this year. <laughs> so that's the kind of information we can give you. Look, we, we spent a lot of time talking about Antonio Brown. The easy popular opinion is his ankle looks fine. He's able to go. 
he's off his rocker and to pile mm-hmm. on. But to be fair, as we look at the video, he's got a lot of short wide receiver screens. Anything downfield, he does favor the ankle. Even in his prance off, there's a slight hitch to his gait on the left ankle. So that's our job to say that. Not to defend Antonio Brown, but just to say it. To tell Joe Burrows like it like it is. Yes, there's a kneecap issue, but we think he's going to be okay. Uh, Lamar Jackson, look, we go over this. You know, John Harbaugh all last week was trying to drum up optimism. He, oh, he was in mm-hmm. limited practice. Yeah, you didn't buy it we, for a second. We just look at the video, okay? Yeah. I have no sources. It's not insider information. It's insider knowledge from having been in the NFL. It's my eyes, ears, brain looking at video and using my experience to come up with an independent decisions. And if you notice, there's some times where I go against the grain. Now, we're far from perfect. Look, we're not, let's take Darren Waller. I said, Darren Waller, I don't see a lot. But he's been out six weeks now, and who knows if he's going to play in this playing game. But to be fair, I don't think the Raiders know what's going on. They didn't put him on IR. They've been carrying him on the active roster these last five weeks. So what we see by video is not perfect, but that's what I rely on. And if we're wrong, we're wrong. And if we're right, we're right. I don't let what reporters or head coaches are saying jade what I'm saying, unless they're giving me a fact. And we can talk about Jimmy G. Kyle Shanahan has said it's a grade three ulnar collateral ligament, which is a complete tear. I'll listen to that because I think Kyle Shanahan's honest. But I'm not going to listen to the, well, if he's 100% and he can do everything, he's our starter. Well, that's true. But he's telling you Jimmy G is not going to start. There's no yeah. way a complete tear of the ulnar collateral ligament is going to get to 100% in another week. Two weeks out from the injury, yes, and he that's similar. The game. That's similar to what you said about the Bears earlier in the season, right? When he said, uh, "Well, Andy Dalton is our starter if he's 100 percent healthy," in which you pointed out, but he's not going to be 100 percent healthy, so it's Justin Fields' time in Chicago. Yeah, and this is why last week we put out video and said it's Trey Lance time for Week 17 yeah. and Week 18, and likely playoffs. And Look, we can be wrong and we'll, we'll take it. But Lamar Jackson not playing for the last couple of weeks. I mean, going against, not going against the coaches. The coaches have their job. It's coach speak. That's their job to, to you know, do things in a certain way. And I don't begrudge them for them. I don't think they're lying. They're doing their job. But it's our job to just objectively look at video. Yeah, and, and, and as you say all the time, the hiding behind the – listen, after Jimmy G's performance against Tennessee on Thursday night, that Thursday night game, you have to feel like there was a growing sense on that team that it's going to be hard to win the Super Bowl with this guy, right? I mean, he had an awful, awful game. So then he hurts his thumb, and now they get a chance to go to the rookie for these final two games. We'll see what happens, but I agree with you. I think we might have seen the last of Jimmy G in San Francisco. And on top of that, you know, word is Trey Lance has had the best month of practice, has had the right Mm -hmm. direction. But we talked about it last year when Jared Goff – we said the Rams are hiding behind health on his thumb. He could have started that game. He came in for John Wolford and play. And indeed, in the offseason, he got traded. As soon as he got traded, I did a podcast in our command center with uh, Lonnie Paxton, 
one of Jimmy G's friends from from New England Patriots Day, and I said to him, I think the 49ers are hiding behind health, hiding behind the health or lack of health of Jimmy G's ankle when he got shelled the last eight, nine weeks of the season. And what happened a few weeks later, they traded up to the third spot to get a quarterback. And so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, barring a surprise, Jimmy G is no longer in San Francisco. Uh, that's how the team has looked at it. And I have the utmost respect for Kyle Shanahan and especially John Lynch, San Diego. They're good guys, honest guys, but they're trying to run a football team. And I'm not calling them liars. They're just trying to do their best in, in their decision making. Yeah, and the 49ers have to win this week, um, win against the Rams they're in. But if they lose, that opens the door to the, for the Saints, Doc. And uh, they play the Falcons, and the Falcons might be without their best player. Rookie Kyle Pitts became only the second tight end in NFL history to go over 1,000 yards receiving. Now, he injured his hamstring, and I, that would be a big loss for Atlanta if he can't go. Um, what did you see with Pitts, and what do you think his chances are of playing in that game against the Saints? Well, when we looked at the video of Pitts here in the snow of Buffalo, pretty clearly he injured his right hamstring. You know, he grabs at it. The question is, does he grab at it before it's significant strain, or uh, does he pull up just before it, and it's just he catches and feels the tightness? But we didn't think he would return to the game because, A, it's cold, and it makes it very difficult on muscle injuries to stay loose. And the footing is so poor in the snow, right? I mean, you get more muscle injuries when the footing is bad and it's slippery and wet or snowy than you get less ACL tears, but you get more hamstring injuries. He fought to come back in. He even tried to come back in and was told to go out a little bit. Uh, I don't see him playing in Week 18. The, the, the Falcons have nothing to play for. <laughs> and uh, uh, Kyle Pitts, as great as he is, he relies on his athleticism. Yeah, and, and he's not going to have it. I don't see him playing or being effective, making New Orleans' path a, a, a little bit easier, I guess. So the Falcons could be down a key player. The Saints might be down a key player. P.J. Williams hurt his ankle, Doc. Now, the, the Saints are in the other end of the spectrum. They do have something to play for, so you know they'll try to get him out there if they can. Do you think he plays for New Orleans? He could, but it's probably less important because the starter will come off COVID. So... Um, that New Orleans is 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 getting healthier, um, and uh, you know they had their big COVID hits uh, when they're coming out of that. So I, I think PJ Walker has a chance to play, but in any case, he's going to be the backup and more depth because the starter will be back. Okay. Um, someone we know who's out for the year, Doc, but is going to be a free agent, going to get a lot of money. Um, Michael Gallup. Uh, left uh, tore his ACL, um, obviously out for the playoffs for the Cowboys. But what is his return next year? You know, he, he, obviously he's going to be one of the top uh, receivers in free agency. No question. And, and look, uh, the words been me out. It's quote an isolated ACL, which is relatively good news, but still, it's still an ACL. And I do have to make one technical correction. Uh, I think everyone at Sports Injury Central did a great job of getting the article up in game where we said. We believe he tore his ACL at the three-yard line. If you look at the video, he tears his left ACL. We were wrong. It was on the four-yard line before the catch. It was confirmed afterwards. It happened before the catch. You look his neck, left knee right there as he plants on the four. That's where his knee shifts and he tears it, right there at the four. And yet he pirouettes and still makes the touchdown grab. I mean, so, 
incredible play. He missed almost the first half of the season with the calf injury. Don't think that had anything to do with this. Bad luck with the ACL tear at the four-yard line. Apparently, that's where he felt the pop. But he kept playing and got the touchdown. And so I think that will be a a big feather in his cap. As far as next year, he's going to have two choices. He's either as a free agent. Look, can he be ready week one? Maybe. Will he be 100% week one? No. I mean, look at Odell Beckham coming off his ACL. Look at Cortland Sutton coming off his ACL. Look at, in the past, Allen Robinson coming off his ACL. The first part of the season will be tough. Uh, not maybe not 100%. He could make it, but may not be 100%. Will he get the big contract? Bud Dupree did, and we said his first half wouldn't be that good for the Titans. Now, different player, different position, but now he's playing pretty well. He probably has justified his contract. So will teams have confidence in their medical staff and say he projects to be fine the second half of the season, we're not going to worry about it, and we want him, we want him right now, and we're going to give him the big contract? Will he have to sign a lesser contract long term? Or will he choose to take a one-year prove-it deal and hit the market again when he really is fully healthy by the end of the season? Um, but I'll, uh, don't know how that's going to play out between Gallup, his agent, and GMs around the league. But we'll follow it. But at least it's isolated. So that's good news. No permanent cartilage damage, et cetera. Okay. Well, Doc, we talked a lot about Antonio Brown, but let's get back to Tampa Bay for a quick second. I mean, talk about a team ravaged by injuries to key players. They got to be at least near the top of the league right now with Fournette injured, with, uh, you know, Godwin out, um, Mike Evans hurting, uh, Fournette, Leonard, For- you know, Fournette is, he's, they're saying he's going to be back, but remember, they did not get the bye. The Packers got the bye on Sunday night, so they're going to have to play in the wild card round. Ronald Jones now with an ankle injury. Make some light of this, Doc. What's going on here? Who's going to who's going to be available for Tampa Bay with a in that first round of the playoffs? You know, uh, I looked at the game and and uh, I said, you know, I think the Bucks are on cruise control, and uh, the Jets weren't one of the picks, but. You know, I was like, they should be able to cover that. And the Jets almost won. The Tampa Bay had to come back. I mean, they just went through the motions. I mean, they're banged up. Leonard Fournette out, Ronald Jones. Remember, Gio Bernard already out. Um, Mm -hmm. We talked about the wide receivers. Um, Don't forget the defensive side now. I mean, Shaq Barrett out. Shaq Barrett. For a little while. Lamonte David was out. Um, JPP, I think, is resting up his shoulder to get healthy. I think you'll see in Week 18 more of the same. Tampa Bay resting guys to try and get them back. Um, their injuries are hitting them at not a great time. Now, one of the big keys last year to Tampa winning the Super Bowl is Vita Vea came back late in the season mm-hmm. and got to 100%. And Vita Vea is in a 3-4 is a difference maker, right? And that solidified the line and Shaq Barrett, JPP, Levante David and company really got after the Chiefs who had offensive line injuries in the Super Bowl. And this is where injuries come into play. The only the only good news for the Bucks. Look, you'd rather not have the injuries, number 1. Number 2, you'd rather have them mid or early season. They're getting them late season. 
but it's much better than having them during the wild card round and then having to go to the divisional round shorthanded. And that's what happened to the Chiefs last year. They were rolling pretty good, and in the conference championship game, Eric Fisher went down with his Achilles. And then then came the domino, okay? The right tackle two flipped to left tackle two, and you ended up with right tackle three. And right guard three flipped, right guard two flipped to right tackle three. Now you had right guard three. And then you already had a, a left guard that was out all season, Osemele, Kelechi Osemele. And you also had three out of five spots never playing together, first-time starters at that position, 60% of your O-line starting their first game together in the Super Bowl. you got to watch out for the Chiefs now. They've got some issues now, too, uh, in that game. And they everyone's heralding the Bengals, and there's no question the Bengals did well. But... Who would have thought the Chiefs would only score three points in the second half? They put up 28 in the first half of that game and only put up three points. And part of it was their offensive line. They, their left tackle number one, Orlando Brown, injured his calf in pregame. They took right tackle number two, Lucas Niang, who's playing for Mike Remmers, and flipped him to left tackle. So now you have right tackle number three, left tackle number two, and then Lucas Niang in-game tears his patella tendon, something we reported on at Sports Injury Central, and that was confirmed. His season is over with surgery. So in-game, they went Joe Thune to left tackle. So it's left tackle number three, now left guard number two, and right tackle number three. Here, there's the, 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 the game of musical chairs. Everyone playing out of position. The only good news for the Chiefs is next week is not the Super Bowl. Next week is not the playoffs. Next week is week 18. And look, they still have a chance for a first-round bye, but Tennessee will have the first-round bye based on head-to-head if they beat the Houston Texans. So at least the Chiefs have a little bit of time, week 18, maybe a bye or at least wild card to before they get to the tougher competition to straighten out this offensive line mess. What got them at the Super Bowl is it happened the game before, and they didn't have any time. Now they have a little time, but there's a lot of concern on that Chiefs offensive line. So injuries, yeah, no doubt about that's it. one of the things we're going to do coming into the playoffs. We're going to rank all the teams, not only where they are in terms of injuries, but the recency of the injuries and how they adapt and how that might play into what's happening. But Kansas City has a hurdle to climb, and uh, we all know Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl against Tampa Bay had to run for his life. And uh, hopefully it won't be that bad, but it's something to watch for the Chiefs. Yeah, and the Chiefs right now plus 500 to win the Super Bowl, the second favorites behind the Packers at plus 400. Um, So just to show you where the betting market thinks, the Bengals are um, plus 1,800. So even though the Bengals look good, they won that game. According to the betting market, they still have the Chiefs much, you know, much shorter to win the Super Bowl. But those offensive line injuries could be an interesting playoffs. So we'll have to see how the Chiefs play it this week because I know it's the Texans, 
But the Texans just beat the the Chargers, and the Texans, you know, played pretty well against San Francisco too. The, they're playing hard, so uh, that I don't think that's a gimme at, at this point in the season. But it may not be. We'll but but the interesting thing is, is 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 in the AFC since you're going through some playoff scenarios. Is the Titans kind of came out of nowhere, and now they are the number one seed. And if they beat the Texans, they get a bye. Now, why is that yeah. significant? Look. I Derrick think they Henry. Found, <laughs> they found baby Derrick Henry, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, but they, but they they want man Derrick Henry for the playoffs, which were they want that was going to be the Derrick next Henry thing we get into. Playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, Doc, you know, some people said Derrick Henry might be back for the regular season. You said no way. Um, now you're talking about how important that buy is for Tennessee. When are we going to see Derrick Henry? Assuming they get the buy, or if they don't get the buy, if they don't get it, will we? See, can he play that game? You think? Uh, look, Mike Vrabel is talking about activating the three-week practice window for Derrick Henry. He's been out over two months, okay? I think he's been out nine weeks. Remember in the beginning, everyone's like, oh, it's a simple surgery, six weeks, eight weeks, he's back. And I'm like, no, it's going to be longer because he's a different player. He's bigger, faster, stronger. He, yeah. you know, he's not light on his feet. He carries a big load. I didn't th- expect him back for the playoffs. I don't think he'll back, be back week 18. Um, and assuming that the te- Tennessee Titans get a bye, that is great for Derrick Henry. That gives him a full three weeks before he needs to play. And that's what we would target, the divisional route. And even then, I think the Titans will get back, as you say, man Derrick Henry. I don't think they're going to get back King Henry. I mean, mm-hmm. um, look, uh, I... He's great. Devonta Freeman's been playing well. 150 yards, I think, was game. 26 carries or something. I mean, he did very well. 130 yards, I forget. Something good. And um, I think that first game and then beginning back will be a little bit of a split. It won't be Derrick Henry, King, the King, with 30 touches. You know. Right. Um, but I do think they will have them back, him back for the playoffs. At least as you put it, man, Derrick Henry, maybe not quite King Derrick Henry. Well, that's a good point, though, about uh, about Foreman, um, because his emergence—not he's not Derrick Henry, but his emer- emergence behind that good offensive line, like you said—they don't need Henry now to come in and get 30 carries a game. You know, maybe start him off at 15. You you sprinkle in Foreman there. You know, you got the one-two punch. So, you know, as long as he's coming back, I think the Titans are going to be in good shape in the playoffs. And make sure, hey, listen, like you said, Doc. SixScore.com all through the playoffs. Uh, throughout the Super Bowl, we're going to have the six scores for all the teams at Pro Football Doc on Twitter for all the updates and make sure to subscribe to our videos here uh, where we'll have a bunch of updates. Before we leave, Doc, I want to get to somebody who will be in the pros next year. Uh, Matt Carell, the you know, the quarterback for Ole Miss, unfortunately suffered an injury in a bowl game. A lot of debate on whether these guys should play or not. Um, it looked bad. You know, it's funny, Doc. I saw a pretty prominent person say, you know, hopefully this isn't bad, but I, it, it doesn't look that way since he was carted off. Now, since I started working for you, I know you can't judge carted off. You can't judge walked off. And I thought it was funny that he said that because you said right away ankle. Not knee, ankle. It's come out ankle. What do you what do you think about Corell moving forward in the draft process? And this probably isn't going to affect anything, correct? Well, you know, I, we we are headed into covering the draft extensively. Mm-hmm. 
and obviously he's a first round ish QB. So we tweeted in game that uh, and uh, it was a right high ankle sprain. Uh, ESPN said something about ACLs in the past. That's not true. No previous ACLs. Right high ankle sprain. The family has come out and said it's a right ankle sprain. They haven't confirmed high, but by mechanism it was high. And there was no fracture. There's nothing major. He came back on the sideline on crutches, no weight. But he had no splint, no cast, no boot, nothing on the ankle, not even an ace wrap. So to me, uh, it's a moderate high ankle sprain. He wasn't going to return to the game. Now, here's where I think the effect is. I don't believe that this will cost him draft stock position, at least not directly. I don't believe this will be a big impact on his career. First of all, anyone who says, oh, here's an injury, for every GM that says, oh, maybe he's injury prone, he got an injury, there's going to be another GM that says, that's who I want, a guy who, who finishes out with his team when, when things aren't going right and who comes back on the sideline and supports the team. So I think that part of it. But from a health perspective, here's the timeline. I believe that this injury could indeed cost Matt uh, Carroll the chance to impress at the combine workouts because this is probably a four or six week injury so that takes you into February, middle February. The combines are typically end of February. He doesn't have a lot of workout time to really get well. but the So he doesn't have a chance to really climb at the combines. But then again, if he's really a first-round prospect, most of those quarterbacks don't throw in workout at the combines anyways. They wait mm-hmm. for their pro day. And by the pro day in late March or early April, I think he will be okay on the ankle and be able to impress there. So I don't think it actually has much of an effect. Now, I get it, the argument, and to me it's individual choice. Do you want to play with your team or do you not? I think it's a choice. Sugar Bowl, okay, it's not the national championship, but it's the Sugar Bowl. Or, or you know, whatever, the Weed Whacker Bowl. Or, or it's you're a senior and you want to be with your guys. I don't begrudge you this. I mean, should every football player quit? once you don't have the chance to uh, win the Pac-12 championship? I mean, you know, I mean, I mean uh, there's a lot of games that, quote, are meaningless. Look, uh, uh, poor San Diego State in our area here, I mean, you could argue every game is meaningless. They don't have a chance to ever make it to the national championship semifinals, right? I mean, they could run the table. I'm not bagging on them. They had a good season. They went to a bowl game. But I'm just saying there's more to life than that. And I think everyone should give them their choice. But look, Jalen Smith's career trajectory and dollars were changed when he got hurt New Year's Day with Notre Dame. He was a generational linebacker, top five, top ten pick. Yeah, he got selected in the second round. Yeah, Jerry paid him some. <clears throat> but right now he's out of the league, I think. Yeah, he's with the Giants. Uh, oh, okay. They, 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 they had injuries at linebackers. I mean, he got cut from the Cowboys. Yeah, he got cut from the Packers. I mean, listen, this guy was a this guy was a top ten pick for sure. Um, you know, and a generational guy. And, and gener- he beat odds by even coming back some, but he wasn't the right. same guy. Never the same. If you're going to hang your hat on, you shouldn't play in a bowl game. You can bring up Jalen Smith because his you can, but Doc, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you somebody else who suffered suffered one of the worst injuries I've ever seen, Willis McGahee, and he's taken in the first round. 
So I think you're and, and Jalen Smith was early second round. So you know I do think if you have talent, like you said, it only takes one. Remember, somebody drafted Tim Tebow in the first round. It only takes one GM to fall in love with your athletic ability. So I agree. Yeah, it does impact it. But for Matt Corral, listen. These guys have done, NFL GMs and scouts have studied this guy up, down, like you said. Maybe a fracture, okay, but high ankle sprain, I think he's going to be okay. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and look, let players choose. They want to opt out, let them opt out. They want to play, let them play. I mean. Yep, and like you said, Doc, we are going to be, we are going to have a ton of stuff for the NFL draft. Just make, you know, when the Super Bowl's over, Keep coming to sixscore.com at profootballdoc on Twitter. Keep coming for the videos because we're just getting started. Draft season, a lot of medicals going on. And what I'm interested about this doc is that, you know, a lot of people can watch a video and make a projection, but draft is interesting because some of those medicals are things we don't know about. Because college is different, right? We don't have a <laughs> we don't we don't know about them until the draft process. So I think your insight during the NFL draft is going to be extremely valuable. And remember, NFL draft props the fastest growing betting market in the history of gambling and those lines change like crazy every time information comes out so make sure you listen to doc to find out where to go on those betting props well doc this is it for the regular season (laughs) uh we got one more to go one more in the war room and then it's playoff time so uh thanks as always and i'll see you for the postseason yeah it's been uh uh, an interesting uh season and uh looking forward to the growth of sports injury central and the good news is I think we've had a good football season and uh, the website is launched. The bad news is I don't think our work is done because now we're <laughs> we got basketball and court views, but oh, of course playoff stuff and draft stuff and and we are and baseball, uh, baseball full time year round. Football was enough year round, but now with basketball yeah. and baseball, thankfully we have some other doctors coming on board, similar to myself, former team physicians. Uh, at the highest levels, and that's sort of our criteria to give the ins- share the insider knowledge in terms of what's going on. We already have stuff up on, uh, you know, uh, Clay Thompson and his uh, Achilles return. We've got stuff, you know, Ricky Rubio. We, you know, unfortunately, Zion. the Torres ACL. We've been pessimistic on Zion's return, uh, and and still lean towards his not being back this entire season. Um, we'll see how that works out, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, what we're doing, I think, is applicable to other sports. So our hands are full, but that it is fun that way, too. All right, so that's it for the regular season. We'll see you next week for the playoffs.